you're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to another Toolstation Western League podcast. It's episode 12, and uh, we're looking at the fixtures starting in the week commencing Tuesday, the 10th of October. Uh, Not a lot of football to talk about in the Western League, but certainly an incredibly busy week for the league because it really marked the start of the 125th anniversary celebrations for the Western League. Um, A man who was very much a part of that, along with myself, was um, Tom Hiscott, who I'm delighted to welcome uh, on the phone with us now. Tom, are are you well? Have you recovered from your week of revelry? Indeed, yeah, it's good, good fun. A lot of, a lot of things going on, as, as you all know, and yeah, um, uh, all, uh, fun was had by all, I believe. Yeah, it was. We, um, we, uh, I know Tom was at the um, representative game on Wednesday, and we'll have a chat about that a bit later. And then, of course, on Saturday night, we all convened in the centre of Bristol for the um, for the dinner, which was um, which was a fantastic um, evening of celebration um, for the Tool Station Western League. We, I, I would have very much liked to have got my copy of Another View from the Terraces signed by Sandy Webb. Unfortunately, um, the uh, the train timetable was against us on that one, wasn't it, Tom? It was indeed, yeah, a little bit of a rush at the end, but yeah, it's a fun evening and uh, good, to, good to meet a few new people. Absolutely, and of course we got to hear from Jeff Twentyman as well, who's, le- who's, who's led an interesting life in football and broadcasting, of course, and um, uh, and is a great champion of, um, of of local grassroots football as well. So it was lovely to hear his um, his anecdotes and um, made for a really pleasant evening. So um, so uh, that was that was certainly uh, an enjoyable time had by all. But uh, we'll move back to the mud on boots now, and um, we'll start with some uh, fixtures in uh, various cup competitions on Tuesday the 10th of October because there wasn't any Western League action this week, was there, Tom? No, uh, lots of cups, as you say, uh, Gloucestershire Cups and Somerset Cups and that sort of stuff. So, yeah, um, no league games, but um, still quite a few games. So, no, yeah, it'd be good to talk about them. OK, so in the Gloucester Challenge Trophy, we've got Bitten. They were at home to Henbury. Yeah, and they had four different goal scorers, Bitten, in a, in a 4-2 win, so they're through to the next round. It was Rico Best. Uh, Tom Knighton, Lewis Powell and Ben Witchell netting. Uh, yeah, a 4-2 win at home for them. And uh, an all-Western League tie between Chipping Sodbury Town and Longwell Green Sports. Yeah, tight affair. Obviously Chipping Sodbury doing all right and Longwell Green struggling somewhat. But uh, a one-all draw uh, after normal time went to penalties and it was Chipping Sodbury who prevailed uh, 5-4 on spot kicks. And uh, now we move into the Somerset FA Premier Cup. This is a competition very close to my own heart. And um, Odd Down um, triumphed over Froome Town of the Southern League. Yeah, a higher opposition, and they've knocked them out. Uh, another game that went to extra time. Uh, and it was Ash McGrain, who's um, not been in the goals uh, much this season. I don't know if he's been missing, missing for injury or what. But, um, yeah, a lot of goals last season. And he, he popped up in extra time to, to score the winner, a 2-1 win for Odd Down. Unfortunately, Portishead Town couldn't do uh, quite as well. Uh, they were at home against again against Southern League opposition in the form of Portland Rovers. Yeah, they did all right for, for the 90 minutes, got a one-all draw, um, but then in extra time, Portland Rovers uh, pulled away somewhat, scoring three times uh, in the extra period, and it was a, a 4-1 win for, for Portland, and it's them who are through to the next round. Now, Chard Town um, of the First Division, of course, they had a very good result away at Shepton Mallet. Yeah, another tight affair between two of our sides. Uh, a two-all draw uh, after normal time, an extra time. Uh, then went to penalties, so another penalty shootout. Uh, fun evening. Uh, and it was Chard Town, as you say, the away side. Uh, 5-4 again. Uh, they were victors. Uh, and obviously they're through to the, the second round. Uh, Western Supermare, of course, one of the, the powerhouses of Somerset football. They were at home to Brislington. 
Well, it was harder for the full-timers of League Two Yeovil Town. They only just managed to squeeze past Bishop Sutton 1-0. Yeah, really close there. It was a, really, a, a pretty late goal uh, for Yeovil, uh, which put them through. Just a 1-0 win at Hewish Park. I know they used a lot of youngsters, and it was uh, Neville and Zimbala who scored for Yeovil. As I say, very late on, and they, they snatched the one-nil win, but uh, no, no, no disgrace by Bishop Sutton at all. Absolutely, and although they might have put out a lot of youngsters, you never know, one of them might have been the next Jamie Vardy. You never know. know. Right then, Um, Wednesday the 11th of October, uh, we've got a few games to talk about, but I think we'll start off with our Tool Station Western League representative side and uh, against that England uh, invitational team at Melksham. We were both there, weren't we? It was a big crowd, I think over 500. Tom, you'll correct me if I'm I'm wrong, but um, I thought it was an absolute cracking game. Yeah, I really did too, yeah. 5-3-2, I believe, was the official attendance. Just looking at uh, Kerry's match report here and a, a two-all draw. Um, obviously, Western, Western League side really really held their own against opposition who many of those players from the Southern League. Yep, and um, I, I thought Dan Cottle was in imperious form, so I'm rather glad that I, um, I, I raised that one when I had the chance to talk to Darren Perrin before that game. But it was a story of two halves, wasn't it? And the first half, Western League were dominant, and then in the second half, the, uh, uh, the England side came back. Yeah, indeed, and the, the man you mentioned, Cottle, uh, he scored the first goal. Uh, and uh, his link-up play with Dan Demkiff uh, of Melksham was, uh, really, really stood out in the first half two um, pretty young strikers and um, they looked pretty quick and nippy and they gave gave the FA uh, 11 all sorts of problems at the back and they both scored and, and put the, uh, the Western League ahead at half-time, 2-0. And the England side came back in the second half, didn't they, Tom? I missed those goals. I missed you as well. I was engrossed in conversation with a number of um, a number of friendly faces from across the uh, the Western League, but still a good time had by all, I think. Definitely, yeah, really enjoyed it. First time for me at the uh, Melksham's new ground. Yeah, really impressive, and yeah, a really good night and uh, another another. An important night for the league, and it was, it was good to see that. Yeah, great night of celebration, and maybe we'll see a return of those representative uh, eleven fixtures. I know from my conversations with uh, Richard Fay that some of the teams involved in County Cup action were a little bit disappointed that their players who were picked couldn't make that game, and uh, I think it will be lovely to see um, uh, some of the other players uh, who grace the Western League um, in, in, in comp- you know in a competitive fixture against mm. against representative sides. But anyway, we'll move now on to the FA Vars and it was a replay wasn't it we talked about this on the podcast a couple of weeks ago Westbury United um, got in a bit of trouble um, for fielding four substitutes and um, well they went down to Christchurch to replay the fixture and they paid the price yeah unfortunately so Uh, a 1-0 defeat for Westbury on Wednesday evening and it was a 60 second minute goal uh, that put Christchurch through from Kieran Douglas Uh, and it's they instead of Westbury who will now face uh, United Service Portsmouth in the first round and uh, another Gloucester Challenge Trophy game. This time, Cadbury Heath took on AEK Bocco. So that's not AEK Athens, it's AEK <laughs> Bocco. Yeah, and it was obviously Cadbury Heath uh, victors in this competition last year. So defending champions, and they made the perfect start. Uh, Max, uh, Matt Huxley sorry, scoring twice. Uh, and Sasha Tom also on the score sheet uh, for a 3-1 win for, for Cadbury Heath. And in the Somerset Premier Cup, Bishops Lydia, they were at home to Radstock Town. Yeah, and it was Radstock who came away uh, with the win. A uh, 3-2 win away from home. James Russell doing well this season. He scored twice. Uh, and then there was a stoppage time winner. So two all going going into uh, the added time at the end. And it was 
Jack Whitcomb, uh, who struck for, for Radstock and sent them through to the next round. Now, Cheddar, they've been in good form of late, and they were going to need to be, weren't they, because they took on Bath City. Yeah, they ran into a Bath City side who had quite a number of uh, first-teamers there, uh, and it was 2-1 win for Bath City, actually, uh, and Jamie Lucas and George Rigg, both former Bristol Rovers players, uh, scoring for, for the away side. Hengrove Athletic, it, this one was an all-Western League affair, and it was Hengrove at home to Bridgewater Town. Yeah, three really tight affairs on, on sorry, four really tight affairs on, on Wednesday evening, and this was one of them, and it was an 81st-minute goal that split the sides here. Uh, Craig, Parson, uh, Craig Parsons uh, scoring right on for, for Hengrove in a 1-0 win. And finally, uh, Larkhall Athletic of the Southern League, of course, they were up against our very own street. Yeah, another team that didn't disgrace themselves against higher-class opposition. It was a 4-3 win for Larkhall, so they're through to the next round. Uh, but Steve Murray uh, moved on to 14 goals uh, in all competitions this season with, a, with another brace, but 4-3 uh, uh, street went down after extra time. And I took this opportunity to catch up with an old friend of the podcast. It was Richard Fay, the manager, of course, of Street. And I started off by asking Richard how he feels the start of his season has been going. We've had a very good, um, let's say, the last four or five weeks. And um, we scored plenty of goals, kept a few clean sheets and and managed to get ourselves uh, in that position and, uh, you know, long may it long continue. You had a little bit of a wobble in August, didn't you? You um, lost in the FA Cup to um, Bridport and then you followed that up with a with a loss um, uh, uh, away at Will and Rovers. And um, for those of us who kept an eye on you from last season, where really you came from, uh, well, not nowhere, but you, you were the sort of the best-kept secret in some respects in the Western League, we thought you'd go well this season and I was a little bit worried for you, but you've recovered very well in um, September and October. To be honest, I, I speak on behalf of a few of the managers I speak to in this division, and what did help us at the beginning of the season was holidays, um, weddings, um, lads being unavailable, and when we managed to get our, you know, so say best eleven out or squad of um, fourteen, fifteen, then I knew that would, would, we would become, you know, um, a lot harder to beat. But all credit where it's due, we, you know, we lost to. Um, Report in the FA Cup and they fully deserved it and I think they're going to have a very good season this year um, Willand was outstanding and, and deserved to beat us 2-0 um, uh, at their place which is always hard on a on a Tuesday night to go to and it was just you know you look back now and you just think if you did have your your, your best 11 out um, it might be different but every manager goes through it or every club goes through it this this season or any season with unavailabilities and um, injuries, suspensions and, you know, it's just unfortunate at that time of the year, especially weddings. I've never known um, so many lads have so many weddings and holidays at the start of a season. (laughs) (laughs) Must be something in the water. A couple of narrow wins for you at the beginning of September. Then there was the draw away at Melksham Town. Obviously, Melksham Town are one of those sides that's talked about in the mix-up for this year's um, promotion push. But f- you finished this, the, the month incredibly strongly, which must have a lot to do with um, the reason why you were voted um, team of the month as well. So um, you, you really turned things around um, in that second half of the month. I, th- I think that game against Melksham has been our turning point. We, we were 3-1 down. Um, away at Melksham, everyone knows how hard it is there. They are going to be up there at the end of the season, rightly so, with the players they've they've signed. And and then we did go on a on a tremendous. Well, we have we are on a tremendous uh, run. We went to Bitten in one four nil, and again, I still think with the players that Bitten have signed, they've got a lot of Southern League um, League lads from last year. 
playing and they will come good. They're going to be up there towards the end of the season. And I think we scored something like 22 goals in uh, 22 goals in the last six games. And we've just managed to beat a good Cabarese team. Um, and just it seems like the, the goals are going in for us and we're managing to keep clean sheets. And like last year... Man of Farm done it uh, to a lot of teams and if you can score the goals keep clean sheets at the other end you've got a chance of finishing at the top of the right end of the table now, normally in these interviews, we always talk about the last game, and, and it's traditional that we, we normally, well, I normally pick a manager who's, who's won, because it normally puts puts your colleagues in a better frame of mind. But the last game you played was in the Somerset FA Premier Cup, and it was away to Lark Hall, who, of course, are a Southern League side, and you really ran them close, didn't you? Well, to be honest, yeah, it, it, it was the night of the Tall Station game, and we had a, two lads, Craig Harold and Dave O'Hare, selected for that for that fixture and unfortunately due to again unavailability uh, on, the, on the night we had to ask them to play for us um, we went to a very good local side who um, only had um, one or two lads missing that played in the um, in the game against the Tour Station team and we again we scored another three goals but we couldn't keep that clean sheet and conceded four um, and it was a very tough very tough evening for us but you know, the pleasing thing for me was the, the, the lads that got out there. We did have a couple of lads that got 90 minutes that needed it. And all the best, really, to Larko into the, the next round. But I've moved on, really, to this Saturday because we got the FA Vars away at Willand. And, you know, it was, it was one eye on that fixture as well. I know there's a bit of a gap, but we have to look at yellow cards and um, players unavailable for, for that fixture. And, and hopefully we can give a good account of ourselves this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. The games, I mean, in a way, don't get any easier for you, do they? I mean, away at Willand. I know you want to progress in that competition, but um, you've got a bit of you've got a bit of unfinished business there, haven't you? Well, again, like we said earlier, our next five six games, we got we got a really tough month um, this month and next month. And after Willand, in the Vars away on Saturday, we then play Bradford at home again. We're unbeaten so far. They're, they're flying, and it's, it's two hard games. Um, coming up but if, if we can try and at the end of the day we want to be in the hat on Monday in the draw um, next week in the Vars and it'd be nice to have a nice uh, Vars run um, and then obviously our focus then turns on to uh, a very good Bradford team who um, Danny Greaves has done a great job there and, and the same as last year when they finished up around the, um, the top but this year they've gone unbeaten they've had a great result down at uh, Buckland as well and it's two tough fixtures for us now you're doing a very good job of um, of keeping expectations, keeping a lid on expectations in this interview, um, Richard. But um, you have been going incredibly well in recent weeks, and you did so well last season. Now last season's last season. Um, that doesn't count for anything now. But what were your expectations going into this campaign? What were the boys hoping to achieve? Again, last year we, I, I think we took everyone by surprise by finishing runners up, and you know any other year you get 92 points you expect to win a league and um, we only lost four all season in, in league fixtures and you know we try to keep everything the same we try keeping the same lads uh, involved we've only managed to bring in um, the likes of Aidan Cheney who was a very good player from Gillingham and we've managed to get a lad Harry Foster who scored a lot of goals from the reserves um, he's been under our radar and we've given him a chance and, I, and he's doing really well he's scored nine so far this year so at the end of the day, everyone, because of the chance to get promoted in this division, you know, 
there's a good 10 teams I think to finish in those top two positions to get promoted and we're obviously we're going we're gonna to say the same as every other manager that's been on, on your podcast but we just need to take every game as it comes and it's going to be tough especially the fixtures coming up but if we can still be around the top top four come Christmas and then we can hopefully try and push on. Now you've mentioned the top teams in the division and just how much strength there is at the top end of the Premier Division but you've already played a fair few of the big boys we've, I mean we've talked in this interview about Willand and obviously you've got Bradford Town coming up you've had that game away at Melksham which teams of the, of the ones that you've come up against so far this season which teams have impressed you where do you think the real competition for that promotion places is going to come from? Well, again, when we played Melksham, they had a few, um, you know, lads with experience missing. You know, Luke Ballinger, Chris Allen, none of them played against us, and we managed to scrape a free-free draw. Um, the best, you know, you can say that we haven't played everybody yet, but everyone we have played, it, we've shown respect, and you've got your likes of your Melksham's, your Bradford's. Um, I've even watched. Cleveland lately, and I still think that Cleveland are going to come, you know, come good, and they're going to be up around the um, the top four. So, you know, I, I, I'm not going to stand there and, and, and put pressure on somebody and say that they, you know, they're going to finish in the top two and they're the teams to beat because there's some very good teams this year, and I think it's the first time in a long time in this division in the, in the Tool Station Western League that the competition um, has got stronger. You've only got to look at the, the, the sort of names of players or ex southern league players that have dropped down into this division and everyone's shown a bit of ambition, you know, and want to get out of this league and try and get into the Southern League. But, you know, that's just I'm more interested in ourselves. I'm not gonna um, start picking out names and, and teams and and put pressure on them. It's just I'm gonna worry about Street Football Club and keep trying to progress with them. Well, on the subject of Street Football Club, I mentioned earlier in this interview you were Team of the Month um, in September. You also won the Safe Hands Award, and that's a great um, credit to your defence and your goalkeeper, isn't it? It is, yeah. And, and I think with myself being an ex-keeper and, and Nathan Rudge, my assistant, who's uh, who's been brilliant, and he's a, we all, everyone needs to take um, a bit of praise out of this because it is a, it's, it's a great award. It's a nice achievement to, to pick up. Um, it is funny because when you do get told, the next game's always a nightmare. We lose to Larkle 4-3. But <laughs> if, um, if, we, if we can try and pick up a few more of these awards, then we know we're doing something right. And my thanks to Richard Fay there for his time. Uh, now, moving into the fixtures, uh, three of them on Saturday the 14th of October. Again, all Gloucester Challenge trophy matches. And we start off at Hardwick, where the visitors were Roman Glass St George. Yeah, and unfortunately, Roman Glass and George, um, they were out in the, this, this round, uh, a 2-1 loss uh, away at Hardwick. And Oldland Abertonians, uh, this is an all-Western League affair. Uh, the visitors were Almondsbury. Yeah, and it was Almondsbury, really big win. Uh, a 4-0 win away from home. Obviously, league matters on the back burner somewhat. Uh, and it was Almondsbury who came out of the win, two, two first-division sides in action. Uh, and it was goals um, from Alex Bist, Russell Church, Ashley Knight and Dan Lane that sent them through to the next round scoring twice and a half, so a 4-0 win for Ormondsbury. And finally, good to see Bristol Telephones return to winning ways, this time away at Rockley's Rangers. Yeah, another away winner. Uh, good to see. And it was Darnie Golding, who's doing really well this season, and Ben Griffiths uh, scoring the goals for, for Bristol Telephones and they're through to the next round, a 2-1 win away at Rockley's. Go!
Boss, we need some supplies for tomorrow. Oh, what's that? It's the helping hand from Toolstation. But it's a... Uh... A hand, yes. It's showing me around the Toolstation website. Nice. Yeah. I've selected paints, cables, sealant and plumbing fittings. I can check up to the minute stock, hit this button, thanks hand, and it's ready to collect in 20 minutes. So get the van. Can't the hand? It can't reach the pedals. Fair enough. Click and collect. Another helping hand from Toolstation. Your best mate for the job. So now we'll take a look ahead at the week commencing Monday the 16th of October. Again, plenty of cup action and a return to league action as well. But we start with some Wiltshire senior cup action. Tom, Melksham are at home, aren't they? Yeah, Monday night, Melksham uh, are home to Neartown and also Chippenham Park there in action. They travel to take on New College Swindon. Now, on Tuesday the 17th of October, we see a return to league action. And in the Premier Division, we have quite a blockbuster tie, Tom. Yeah, indeed. Buckland Athletic, um, obviously... Face to feet uh, last time, uh, last time out, and they take on Bridport at seven thirty kickoff on Tuesday night. And kicking off at the same time, uh, we've got Chipping Sodbury Towning at Down as well. Now, two more fixtures in the Gloucester Challenge Trophy. Uh, Brimscombe and Thrupp taking on Cribs, and Hallen also on the road. They take on Tuffley Rovers, and then there's three games in the Wiltshire FA Senior Cup as well. We've got Warminster Town travelling to take on Demerton Heath Harlequins, uh, Calm Town take on Malmesbury in an All Western League tie. And Devizes Town, they host Brennan Hill FC. And two more fixtures on Wednesday the 18th October in that Wiltshire FA Senior Cup. Yeah, we've got Caution Town, uh, they travel to take on Pusey Vale, and Westbury United host Marlborough Town, 2.745 kickoff. Now, of course, Saturday the 21st of October marks the start of the first round proper of the FA Vars. And to mark the occasion, I caught up with Western League's press officer Kerry Miller to have a look through the first round times and get a little bit of a feel for the opposition that our sides are going to be coming up against. Kerry, thank you very much for, for joining the podcast. We're, uh, we're going to cast our eye down the, uh, the seven fixtures that uh, involve our member sides. And we start with a, with a trip to my hometown, uh, where Baffin's Milton Rovers take on none other than Radstock Town, the Miners. Indeed. Um, Baffin's are a very young side. Uh, they've only been around a few years. Uh, but they've come up through, um, through the ranks and then now in the top division of the Wessex. And... Um, they play on the banks of the river, I believe, um, or is it the harbour around there somewhere? You'd know that area. Um, well, I was having a chat with my mother about this at the weekend, and, of course, she grew up just that next to Baffin's Pond, so I don't, I may, maybe it won't be the pond, but, but, but yeah, certainly the... Langston uh, Harbour? Well, yeah, Langston Harbour, I know it well. Many many times have I capsized my mirror dinghy in Langston Harbour. Well, that's where Radstock are going to be, and that's certainly the first time they've ever played down there. But um, it's a good time for them to be there, because um, Baffin's... Um, they've they've lost six of their their first fifteen games. They're not flying by any means. Um, and uh, Radstock, um, you know, they they they're looking okay. Um, they had a battle on the um, on the ground hop game, um, but they certainly look as though they've got a strong um, setup there. And um, hopefully, they can get a result. Yeah, that's certainly one I'll be keeping a keen eye out for. Probably the first time I've hoped that, aside from my hometown, um, um, loses out. Um, but um, hopefully the miners will uh, will come away with a, from that away day. Now, we move on to Bashley, and uh, they're at home to Bridgewater Town. Well, that's, that's a game that last year would have been in the um, Southern League, um, or the year before. Um, Bashley have really struggled in recent years. Um, it, they almost went out of existence, and they've they've had a long running battle to keep their little ground, and uh, not little ground actually, it's quite substantial ground in a little village. 
Um, quite often in their heyday, they used to have more people watching than actually lived in the village, um, which, which was pretty impressive. Um, now they, they're 16th in the Premier Division of the um, Wessex, um, and they're regrouping much the same as Bridgewater are since they came down. Bashley have only won four games so far this season. I, I saw them at Shaftesbury um, at the start of the year, and they looked a very young side. Um, Bridgewater um, seem to be slowly getting it together, and um, I'd be confident of them to bring a result back. I certainly hope so, because they've got a very good band of people um, support them, um, have stuck with them through thick and, th- thick and thin. And um, I saw them in a previous round play a fabulous game down at St Austell when they won 5-4 after extra time. And it could have been 10-9. It was, it was a cracking game. Um, hopefully this one will be similar with a, with a good result at the end. Yeah, Bridgewater on their day. They're a side that can beat anybody. Let's just hope that it's their day on, on Saturday. Now, um, from two away fixtures, we now move to a home tie for Hengrove Athletic against Alton. Right, yes. Hengrove um, played a fantastic uh, game, the last game on the Saturday on the ground top, um, which was very entertaining against Hallen, the three-all draw. Um, that was the first time I've seen them this season, and um, they they looked useful up front when they got going, um, but they looked a little bit second-hand at the back, um, hence the three-all draw. Um, so it's difficult to know quite what will happen. However, they're playing Alton, um, now, Alton are um, hybrid of Alton Town, who have gone from the combined counties to the Wessex League and back um, in recent years. They were the old Bass Alton that used to be Cur- uh, the Courage Workside. Their lovely old ground is now gone. And a brand new Alton, um, they've gone back to where the original Alton Town used to play many moons ago. And um, they've sort of re-erected, uh, resurrected football in the town by merging three or four teams. Um, I would have expected that to um, to be a successful thing for them to uh, go on and challenge. But in actual fact, um, they're sixth in Division One of the Wessex League, um, and um, so I would imagine that on that trip from there to to uh, Bristol won't be easy for them so I'm confident that Hengrove and uh, progress to the second round on that one well you mentioned the groundhop just now and of course another one of the teams involved in groundhop action was odd down and they're at home to Tavistock they are indeed and that I think that will be a tasty little uh, confrontation um, odd down at home um, they don't get very good crowds but they're very um, they're very patriotic um, they're very uh, they get behind the side and they're a very experienced side odd down um, but they're playing Tavistock who are uh, the Peninsula League champions um, who are undefeated again this season um, Tavistock of course um, beat Taunton in the FA Cup in a replay at Worthless Drive um, they've also beaten the likes of Shepton Mallet and Canesham and um, they know their way around this part of the world. And although they're only fourth in the league at the moment, they've got six games in hand and they are unbeaten. Um, they are one of the sides that um, the Peninsula are expecting to be right at the top and I can't see any reason why not. Um, they've lost their two main um, scorers, one of whom joined Taunton directly after the game. Um, more or less, and um, 
the other guy who got 58 goals last year, Glyn Hobbs. He's now at uh, Plymouth Parkway, and he's got 20-odd already, I think. Um, I suspect that Tavistock may be just a touch too strong, uh, but I think it will be a very physical game. I haven't seen both teams two or three times this season. Um, that would be, if you're up that part of the world, that would definitely be the one to go to. Well, Tavistock are going to have to cope with Asser White. He's uh, Odd Down's Perlow, so uh, Odd Down always got a chance. Now then, um, Cadbury Heath, they travel to Wantage. Yes, well, Cadbury Heath, of course, had that wonderful cup run, uh, which was just, um, they finally lost in the extra time of the replay with Bridport on that wet night. It was a fabulous night. Um, so now, now they need to they need to concentrate on the league to use that old phrase. Um, but first of all, they've got a long trip to Wantage, who are another side that have um, gone out of the Southern League um, and are regrouping in the Hellenic League. Um, Wantage have got a really nice little ground. It's um, it's a very sort of it's a very affluent area, and um, they they're at home and they will want to. Uh, improve on their sort of their the league um, their league standing at the moment. They're fourth in what's a very strong league. They've won ten of the last fourteen games. Um, Cadbury Heath, I suspect, might struggle to bring something away from that. Bearing in mind that there's there's extra time as well as, a, as is compulsory, so they've got two hours minimum. Um, I would very much like them to come away with at least a draw if indeed they agree to a replay in the first place. Uh, but I think Wantage, um, Wantage are going to give them a, a hard game. Um, it's, it's certain, I've got fond memories of, of Cadbury Heath uh, this season. They've played some really superb football in the, in the cup matches that I've seen. Um, and I would love them to, to continue and move on in the Vars if they can. Well, let's hope that Wantage have found wanting um, to Cadbury Heath. Now we move on to Wellington, and they're home. They're at home to Downton. Well, Downton, Downton, um, it's the Downton that's down near Salisbury. And um, many moons ago, Wellington played Downton um, in the Vars, and Selwyn Aspin, bless him, who's no longer with us, um, came across to me about three weeks before the game. This is many years ago, and he said, "Kerry," he said. We've drawn down end in the Vars. He said, what league are they in? <laughs> and I said, well, they're probably in the Bristol Suburban League or something. I think you, <laughs> it's Downton you've got, not down end. And um, being a Yorkshireman, he, you know, he didn't really know where Downton was. Um, but they've got them again and they're at home and Downton won't relish that journey up. Um, they're sort of mid-table in Division 1. Um, they they don't uh, tend to do an awful lot at the moment, Downton. And um, Wellington, I think, um, will be too strong. I certainly hope they will be. I hope they get a big crowd there because you can guarantee that there'll be more drama than Downton Abbey <laughs> for that one. And finally, we've uh, we've got an all-Western League affair here. Um, I mean, you called out Odd Down against Tavistock, and rightly so, um, Kerry, but you know these two sides, this is a mouth-watering encounter, isn't it? Will and Rovers against Street. Well, of course, Odd Down and Tavi up the other end. Down this end is Willenden Street, and uh, Willenden fourth and Street at the top at the moment. And that they've already played each other. Willenden beat Street two nil. Um, wasn't one of Street's better nights. They, they got involved in sort of 
arguments and so forth without getting involved in the football and were rightly beaten. But they are top and they play some tremendous football. They have got a serious for, uh, forward line, um, which you know, quite often um, is, is quite capable of getting past any defence. Willand are having a good season. Um, there will be quite a hefty crowd there. Um, Willand are fourth with games in hand. Um, it's a delightful ground, Silver Street. It's, it's one of the prettiest grounds, one of the most welcoming grounds. And um, I'm, hope, I'm hoping to be there at that one myself. I would love that to be a three-all draw and a replay up here at Street on the Wednesday, but um, I, d- I, wouldn't like to, I wouldn't like to call that one. I really wouldn't. And my thanks to Kerry Miller for his time um, with that round-up. Now, we'll, refer, we'll, we'll return to more normal fare, Tom, and in the Premier Division we've got a pretty comprehensive um, run of uh, fixtures. Yeah, we've got six games on Saturday afternoon. We've got Bradford Town hosting Cribs, uh, Brislington taking on Longwell Green Sports, uh, Buckland Athletic host Hallam, Chipping Sodbury Town take on Wells City, Bridport Travel take on Melksham Town, and Shepton Mallet host Cleveland Town. And in the first division, even more fixtures. Yep, lots to look forward to. We've got Ashton and Backwell United hosting uh, Wincanton Town, Devizes Town travelling take on Bishop's Lydiard, uh, Bristol Telephones take on Sherbourne. Calm versus Chard. We've got Chippenham Park versus Cheddar. Caution Town host Wilton Rovers. Almondsbury will travel to take on Malmesbury. Uh, Portershead take on Oldland. And finally, Roman Glass and George host Warminster. Now, if we um, take a look back at those fixtures, Tom, anything coming up over the next week that really takes your eye? I think, yeah, you kind of touched on the uh, Tuesday night game. Uh, Buckland versus Bridport. That's a pretty good way to, to get back into league action. And then also... Uh, Bradford Town obviously carrying that unbeaten run. They take on Cribs, who have been known to, to, to score score quite a few goals this season, so they could be a, a tough opposition for, for Bradford on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, Bridport have got a busy old week, haven't they, Tom? Because yeah. um, they uh, they travelled to Melksham on Saturday, and uh, Melksham have sort of found their form of late. Of course, there was that monster win away at Wells, so I think that um, um, that, that 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 that's a mouthwatering tie if ever if ever there was one. But um, still, a, a very comprehensive um, uh, fixture list there, and uh, so much so much interest in both the league and, of course. Um, the FA Vars. It's time for our new feature, Parish Notices, and um, Andy Radford, as I mentioned last week, has sent out a message to all the clubs to encourage them to let us know about what's coming up. Now, we've all had a very busy week in the Western League, with obviously the representative game and that dinner on uh, on Saturday night. So uh, you get a week off. You get, you for, you're forgiven, listeners, for not sending in um, your... Um, your events, but I'm sure in the build-up to uh, Bonfire Night in, in, in November, there'll be plenty of social fundraisers going on uh, across our member cu- clubs. However, I have been—I uh, have not been idle uh, in wishing to fill this feature. And earlier today, I took a trip to Glastonbury um, to have a chat with Connor Ogilvy Davidson at the Somerset Football Association, and. Uh, Well, we were talking about the the FA's latest grassroots survey, but I'll leave it at that and we'll start this interview with me giving Connor an opportunity to tell you about his role at the Somerset FA. My role, Ian, thank you very much for having me on, by the way, is I am Marketing Officer for Somerset Football Association, so I'm in charge of our website, our social media, and basically it's my job to make sure that the football family in Somerset know what we're up to and and what's going on in the county. Now, um, the reason I've come down to Glastonbury today is to have a chat with you about this year's grassroots um, survey. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about what that grassroots survey is all about? 
So this is a survey that is written and administered by the Football Association on an annual basis, and this is its third year. The purpose of the survey is to gain insight into the grassroots game across the country, but split down by county football associations, so we get the data shared with us as well. So it gives the FA not only a national picture, but a regional and local picture as well, and it helps inform their national footballing strategy and also our plans for the coming seasons to improve football here in Somerset as well. And it's for the whole football family, isn't it? It's not just for players or for managers or league administrators. And as you know, if you're a fan as well, you can participate. Absolutely, it's for anyone who's involved in football in any respect in Somerset or across the entire country. So, as you say, spectators, players, parents of players, league officials, club officials, match officials absolutely anyone who is involved in football in some capacity can fill in this survey, and there are questions that are relevant to them. So this is the third year. We've had two years before. What were the some of the what were some of the most interesting findings that have come out of the football family? What are the things that have really caught your eye when you've been looking over the results? So obviously the football family were very, very keen on pitch investment um, between both grass pitches and 3G pitches. So we have spent a lot of time and effort um, trying to improve grass and 3G pitch provision here in the county so I know that our county development manager Brendan spends a lot of time um, with the pitch improvement program for grass pitches which gives um, facilities and clubs recommendations of how to improve the quality of their pitch and then follows that up with a visit after they've made those improvements to to assess the quality of that pitch there and also um, there are a number of um, improved 3G pitches that I know of here in Somerset so there are several that have just been completely relayed but also in Western Supermare and Froome there are plans to build two new 3G pitches here in the county. And you also get feedback on the courses that you run of course you run a variety of courses to help coaches and to help match officials as well so you've had feedback on that has that feedback been useful in in terms of incorporating um, the football family's attitudes to how you can improve those courses? Absolutely. Um, We're always very keen to get um, feedback on any of our coaching courses. We found in our survey that we were, um, our football family here in Somerset was was more satisfied than on average through the country with the number and quality of courses that we were running. And um, we've taken uh, feedback that we received and we have recently launched a coaching bursary programme for aspiring coaches to book onto level two courses with us here at Somerset Football Association. So we will give uh, aspiring coaches a £100 bursary toward the cost of their coaching course. Well, it's very good to hear that the feedback you're getting has been incorporated in the important work that you do here at the county level. Perhaps the most important question I can ask you then is how can the people who are listening to this interview, how can they participate in this survey? Where can they go to fill it in? Well, because we are obviously very keen for everyone in the footballing family across the nation, the southwest and Somerset in particular, to fill this in, we like to think we've made it very easy. So you can either visit somersetfa.com and you are greeted with a splash page to fill in the survey. You can find it the link on all of our social media pages, but also if you just do a simple Google search for the FA Grassroots Football Survey, it will be the top result in Google and you'll be taken through to complete the survey.
Now, of course, a couple of questions that people normally have when they're filling in a survey is, how long is this thing going to take? It should take no longer than 10 minutes, and that may sound like like a, a long period of time, but actually the, the, the data that we receive from the survey is absolutely invaluable, so we would really, really um, encourage anyone with 10 minutes of free time to fill in this survey before the end of the month. It runs until October the 30th. And the other question, of course, is when you've or when the Football Association have finished asking all the questions that they're interested in, quite often people who fill in surveys find that the one issue that they really want to talk about, they haven't been able to talk about. Now, how can they provide that information if they feel that they've spent their 10 minutes and they've answered all the questions, but they don't feel that they've really got off their chest the issue that's really important to them about grassroots football? How can they pass that feedback on? Well, we're always very keen to receive any feedback about football here in Somerset and how we can make it better because... That simply is why we're here. So if anyone completes the grassroots survey and their issue hasn't been brought up or they've not had an opportunity to air that, if they would just like to send us, particularly here at Somerset, an email to support at somersetfa.com and we will um, log that feedback. And it won't necessarily be included in the results of the grassroots survey, but we will use that to supplement what we receive from the Football Association when they've completed their analysis to inform our plans for the coming seasons. And I'm sure that other county football associations that serve teams in the Western League will be more than happy to receive extra feedback to themselves as well via email and you'll be able to find the information that you need on their websites. And my thanks to Connor and the Somerset FA for giving us the time to have that interview. Please check out the Grassroots Football Survey. If you don't fill it in and if you don't let the FA know what you think of them, uh, then we can't really complain. I know we do, but um, it's always a good idea um, to take these opportunities, if we can, to, uh, to let the Games administrators at the highest level know how the Grassroots feel about a variety of things. And please remember, I did make a point of asking Connor that if you don't get an opportunity to answer the question that you'd like to be asked, you can write to your local county football association and let them know exactly what you think of them. Right then, Tom. Now, over the last couple of weeks, I've been um, steering you assiduously away from discussing the uh, the league tables, but we are um, quite a few games into the season now in both the Premier Division and, of course, the First Division. So uh, do you want to give us a quick rundown at the tops and the bottoms of each of the respective leagues? Of course, yeah. So in the uh, Premier Division, uh, Street lead the way. Uh, they've got 29 points from 13 games. Uh, Buckland have played 12 and they've got 26 points. They're three behind. Uh, Bradford Town still unbeaten, uh, 11 games, 7 wins, 4 draws, they've got 25 points. And then in 4th and 5th we've got Willand who've played 11, uh, they've got 23, and also on 23 points we've got Shepton Mallet and they've played 13 games. And then down at the bottom of the Premier Division we've got uh, Longwell Green who've obviously lost all 11 fixtures, they're currently on 0 points. Uh, Wells City, they've played 12, they've got 5 points. And then Wellington and Cadbury, they're both on 8 and then in the first division, uh, West United, they're top. They've played 13, they have 29 points. Uh, Divisor Town, up in second, they've played 14, got 24 points. Uh, Radstock Town in third, they've got 23 points from 13 games. Uh, Bristol Telephone still played only 10, and they've got 22 points. And also on 22 points are Cheddar, who's played 14 matches. And then towards the bottom of the first division, we've got Sherborne, who are rock bottom. They've played 13, they have 8 points. Uh, Portishead and Town are both on nine points, and then uh, in 18th and 19th respectively, we've got Malmesbury and Ashton Backwell United. They've played 10 and 12, and they have 13 points each. 
Tom, as always, thank you very much for your time uh, on the podcast this week. And, of course, all of your work in the bulletin, even though um, there wasn't a great deal of league action to discuss over the last seven days, um, you still put together a bulletin and that's available on the website, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah, in the usual place. Short, slightly shortened, but still plenty in there. Obviously, the representative match from, from uh, last Wednesday. And lots of lovely pictures, I see. So um, so that's um, definitely something that's worth checking out from that very enjoyable game, if you weren't lucky enough to get there. Indeed, yeah, lots, 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 still lots going on without the league games. Absolutely right, Tom. Thank you very much indeed uh, for your help with another um, Tool Station Western League podcast. We look forward to coming back. We look forward to coming back to you next week uh, when we've, had, we've got a full programme in the league. And, of course, we've got those exciting FA Vars games. And if you're very lucky, I might throw you another one of my little niche interviews in as well under our parish notices section. But for me and from Tom, this has been another Toolstation Western League podcast. You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott.